Draft House. I'm your host, Mark, joined by co-host, Jeff. What up, Mark? What'd it do? Well, you know, we're doing this thing where we watch movies starring actors playing multiple roles. That's what it do. But before we discuss what we watched this week, we got to plug some music. And the music this month is brought to you by the Los Angeles uh, hip-hop duo, Flyanna Boss. With their uh, song, which is very catchy. I like like this song. I really do. Uh, Trash Boy. Mm. And uh, as we um, are going to discover, Darren Aronofsky is definitely a trash boy. I hate to say I told you so, but I told you. So anyways, you can can hit the show notes or uh, go down below if you're watching on the, uh, the YouTube. And you can find all the links to their social media accounts uh, where they're doing big things. They're big TikTok users. Uh, they're blowing up. Uh, they've already blown up. I've seen their Spotify like monthly listeners grow like times three. Yeah, probably uh, because since. of this podcast. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it is. I mean, I, I don't want to. You know, I'm, I'm, just be, I'm trying to just be modest. All right. Yeah. Um, but I'd be humble uh, too sure you, had I picked. Uh, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Anyways, make sure you're throwing them a like, a follow, subscribe. They're doing big things. We appreciate them allowing us to use their music here on our podcast. Jeff. Yes, Mark. What the fuck did we just watch? We watched one of the biggest, hugest, stinkiest pieces of shit I've ever seen. Um, and I knew it was going to be bad. And But what really surprises me, what really makes drives the point home, is that you also think it's bad. Um, we watched The Fountain from 2006, directed by the aforementioned Darren Aronofsky, a director who I don't know him personally. It's not personal, but I don't like his fucking movies. He sucks. That being said, The Wrestler is a good movie. And, and I'm going to talk about The Wrestler more when we get into this piece of shit and why it sucks and why The Wrestler is good. But it stars Hugh Jackman, who plays multiple characters, maybe, I guess. I mean... I don't really care, and I don't. I mean, really, they're definitely. I, well, I mean, he plays. <laughs> they're definitely himself. Well, he plays like the main character, and then he yeah. plays this like character in a story. Fine, I don't care. I don't want to argue whether it's the theme because yeah. it yeah, does sure. far worse things. So, um, what do, what would you say this story is? It, it's a. I mean, ultimately, it's a story about. Love and death, I guess, but um, a classic trope, a trope that has been explored many times in many films. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> this thing sucks. I, I, yeah, right, right. Ultra right. balls. It's- this is this is it. This is why I hate these types of films. 
these artsy, purposefully confusing, metaphorical bullshit that this guy, among others, likes to direct and make. And and people swoon over it. And if you honestly like it, great. But I don't understand. I don't understand how anybody watches this movie and says, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I loved it. Well, it's I don't want to yuck someone's yum, but I will say because I'm punching up and saying Darren Aronofsky sucks. But like if someone watches and, and liked it, like, OK, drive angry. If someone watched that and hated it, that's cool. Tell me it sucks and you hate it. I'm not insulting anyone who enjoyed the film. But this thing fucking sucks. And I would like to hear someone tell me why it's good. And and actually, inevitably, if you go onto YouTube and you search any movie, pick a movie, yeah. right? There will be yeah. someone who will tell you why it's good. And especially sure. with these artsy ones, you really have to dig into what the meaning is. But I, I am convinced and have been ever since I saw Donnie Darko for the first time is that these type of movies are just grab bag bullshit thrown on the screen and you're meant to think that it's deep. And if you're someone like me, who's like, this is stupid, it's dumb, it's confusing. You can now be belittled by some arrogant prick. Who's like, Oh, you just didn't get it. You don't, you don't like to think when you watch movies. No, I like a fucking narrative. I like some shit that, it has a narrative structure where characters grow and change and and the events of their lives cause that and everything feels natural and makes sense. Like I said, the story of love and death is timeless. It is something that every human being who lives long enough has to deal with the fact that someone they love has died or is going to die. Right. And it's something that a thousand billion movies have dealt with, right? And it's one of the oldest tricks in the book is if you want someone to think your movie's good, you kill off a, a main character, right? Or, oh, God, they fucking killed who the hell ever, uh, Ned Stark or any of that shit. But... R.I.P. Rest in peace, Ned Stark, season one. Of <laughs> So... There are so... I could name a billion movies that do a better job of death and grief sure i yeah. fucking half of them we, say we've Marvel watched on them like <laughs> i'm serious like the um guardians of the galaxy each one of those movies deals like with death and fear and love and, love and losing yeah. your love and getting over it and moving on with life and it does it so much better while also making room for action set pieces and huge you know battles and fight scenes and shit and it does it better this movie doesn't have to worry about cramming in some sort of cg spaceship although it tries doing some weird shit and it still can't do it it still can't make me feel compassionate for the characters in the film i don't understand um, Hugh Jackman's relationship with Rachel Wise. I don't know why they're in love. None of it makes sense. They aren't given a chance to build chemistry. And so from a bare bones perspective at filmmaking, something that deals with romance, it fails on the first thing you need to get right. I need to believe that these two people love each other. So when the time comes in the film, when they die, I 
want to boo-hoo cry because I understand what he's losing. You don't get that in this. The first the first interaction we get with Rachel Wise and uh Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman's character in the I guess actual real world. Right. We'll have to get he's, into that. He's he's blowing her off. She's like, Hey, come, it's the first snow hey, you. Of whatever. Sorry. I'm so tempted to just Go ahead. <laughs> no, not you. That... Okay. You see that scene how many times? Yeah. Over and fucking over. But... Over and over. Yeah. Like, so is this guy a genius? He might be because he got away with filming a scene multiple times and then just putting it in the same damn movie to extend the runtime. Like, <laughs> and the movie was only an hour and a half. And, they, and like the executives <laughs> bought it because they're in the group of people who don't want to be like, oh, I don't fucking get this movie. They want to look smart in front of the artsy dipshit. But the problem is, is the movie isn't good and doesn't make six on any fucking level. Okay. Let me give you a positive. Hugh Jackman yeah. is a really good actor. And he tries his damnedest to make yeah. this bullshit work. He tries really hard. And I can't fault him for one problem that this movie has. It's not his fault. And it's not Rachel Wise's fault. They tried. No, it's it's it is it is one hundred percent the direction of this film. Um and the choices that are made within the screenplay to just kind of shortchange every single story set piece. All right. Um, Rachel Weiss's character in the real world quotes. So let's establish um, some time. Okay. We have okay. modern time. Then we have mm-hmm. bubble future. And then we have bubble storybook past. Yeah. Okay. Just so we get our language well, together. Yeah, um, you know, and so modern time, uh, Rachel Weiss has cancer. All right, and uh, Hugh Jackman is a surgeon, brain surgeon. Yeah, or like a uh, cancer he, researcher he, or something. Yeah, something. Um, but he's you know operating on monkeys, chimpanzees. I don't know. They are um, chimps, come after but me. they are a primate of some kind. Are they pri- okay? Yeah, they're we'll definitely a primate. That's the only thing primates. I could be confident of. I'm not. I'm not trying to be super correct on this podcast. Hey, we're not so, botanists. Um, I don't care. Right. Uh, so, uh, what I did not, I completely didn't understand about this film. And it's one of, of many. Was why we didn't get more modern day I, like i i get the allegory and oh you got it the, you figured out no what no it, i didn't, i don't I, no you fucking no, I, d- I don't get it exactly no i know you I, get that it was trying allegory, to be allegory yes yes i get that i get that uh darren aronofsky was like hey let's uh Let's try to make, uh, create some symbolism and uh, do some uh, artsy fucking shit. But what I don't understand is that he took the two best aspects of his film and he completely threw them in the trash because he wanted to tell some fairy tale I hate bullshit. And then he and then he wanted to go into a fucking teardrop with with uh with uh what's the guy oh. from um from <laughs> what what's teardrop? Are you talking about the bubble? Yeah, the bubble. Whatever. The only the guy, guy that's there the is fuck? fucking 
Hugh Jackman, yeah. right? But then he's but then he's having a fucking orgasm with a goddamn tree. Oh god. Um, yeah. That that happens. <laughs> that happens in this movie. And and he stabs it with a knife and like it jizzes on him it, and then he's Dude, he's, it gives him he's a cum guzzler in this because he sits there and suckles at the teat of this tree. And then <laughs> This is at the end, though, right? I mean, who gives a fuck? And then all these plants grow out of them. It actually would be it, an effective and, scene in a horror movie where there's sure. a plot in a story or something's going wrong with the earth, you know? And this guy, <laughs> you know, oh, and he's the first, uh, you know, something in a different movie could be fine. Like, but it's not. It's in this piece of shit where... that lose you no oh. no you lost me when you picked this <laughs> hunk of garbage i i don't but like i don't understand why he just didn't make a movie about love and death in the modern fucking time i don't understand i don't understand trying to create I, separate symbolism behind love and death i don't understand trying to create uh, symbolism out of of death and returning to the and earth that's and what, what we the come problem out of is and, and you're saying the correct thing what you're saying we should have got more of the modern because that's the terrestrial stuff that we as human beings yeah. get right we understand and that's the best part of this fucking film we understand what it means to have a loved one in the hospital right yeah and and i'm someone who's been through this i've said bedside while my wife was in the hospital and i didn't know if she was going to make it so in a lot of ways, this should fucking work on me, right? You know, it should take me back, but it doesn't because all the other shit, like the things that he does to try to elevate or make this a allegorical piece of art, take away from the human aspect of the storytelling and turn it into a, it's about Darren Aronofsky at that point. Like, look what I'm doing. Look at my fucking painting. Look at this shit. Isn't this crazy? I made this. And when yeah. the filmmaker is now in front of the camera, uh, what's the word I want to use? Allegorically speaking, when he does this stuff and, and tries to show you how neato his fucking brain works or how bizarre it is, it's him getting in the way of his own story. And that's what I... happens here. And what when you have Rachel Wise and Hugh Jackman and they could fucking act circles around just about anyone. And you blow it. You blow it big time. And you get this. You get this. And you get whole segments that take place in a fantasy medieval world or something. Somewhere with the Mayans and all this. That doesn't actually pertain to anything. Right. And, okay, it's an allegory. You don't understand. That's his deal. He's the director. He's the guy who's supposed to make this shit make sense. And he refuses to do so. And it hurts the film in the end. I, Boy, this is cathartic. Yeah, get it all out. Um, you know, uh, the movie Draft House, where you can come and just... Uh, Boy, it's, I, it's therapy for the I soul. It legit feels good to get this off my chest. <laughs> like, this is... This is... This is an awful film. Yeah, um, I, I so I'm I'm watching, and I had to stop this film like two separate times. Is the first time I was like, 
what the fuck? So when did you check you out? Know, right. Like, because you said uh, something in the oh, text. Oh, it, it, it was always almost immediately. So I checked um, out when it cut to him looking like Professor X in a, what looks like a meditation stance and he's bald and in space. I knew at that moment we were in surf for some bullshit. Like I, I, I rolled my eyes. I was like, damn it, Mark. Damn it. I knew this is what we were getting. I knew it. And it's here. And now I've got to sit what? through an hour and a half of this bullshit. What's the what's the Watchmen? Uh, Dr. Manhattan or. Yeah, something like that. I don't really know. I didn't like yeah, the Watchmen. that guy. <laughs> um, I know I, I, I checked out after after I realized probably about after 30, 35 minutes. I thought you were going to say like, seconds and I was going to kiss you. <laughs> I just I I was like, wait a minute. None of this fucking makes sense, and we keep bouncing back and forth between these different stories, and they all revolve around Rachel Wise's character. And but she's not the character playing the she's not playing the queen, isn't that a different actress? Yeah, she, it's no oh it, it's her she looks yeah, different yeah, to it's me. Her. But but she's well she's veiled most of the time yeah um and you know it's it's Hugh uh, Hugh Jackman's character uh, chasing her in the in the the Mayan temple esque you know fantasy world whatever um and so like I'm I'm trying to think I'm like okay what is what is this dude trying to to tell tell us with this story. And I'm like, okay, so he's chasing her love? I don't fucking know. I don't it's give the a butts, fuck. man. It's because this movie it might is the be. butts. Like, uh, so oh, the Ellen Burstyn. I thought you were talking is, about like ass. Well, maybe um, that would make sense at least, um, and be human. <laughs> <laughs> but Ellen Burstyn's back. She was in that piece of shit you made us watch before. Um, yeah, Requiem for a Dream. Thank you. Um, which she was is, nominated and won an Oscar. Yeah, for it that doesn't matter. Part. She still. St- it was again. Not really her fault. That movie is a piece of shit. But we disagree on it. That's fine. But she's here again. She is here, and she's not bad No, here. nobody's bad. Um, like, there's no but, point in the movie where you can... That's bad acting. And another thing right, is Aronofsky is... I don't know if it's him or someone else, but his cinematography and the way he frames a shot is really cool. Right. Like I get that there's talent there. Like if you look at any of the screenshots of the movie, you'll notice a fuck. This is going to be pretentious. But B, you'll be like, well, it's beautifully framed. Right. Like that part of filmmaking he gets. There's a whole there's a whole shot where um, after Rachel Wise's character dies and they're doing a kind of a memorial service on in the middle of the snow and everybody's wearing black. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a really cool shot is because, uh, it's just drastic opposites. And I agree with you. He is talented in different ways when it concerns filmmaking. Talent stories. Okay. So let's talk about the wrestler. Um, which came out after this. And yep. in my opinion, is a good film. Okay. Um, but if you watch that movie, everything that happens in it is terrestrial. It's grounded. It makes sense. 
It's a guy who's down on his luck. And it's still dark and brooding and a sad film. And I personally, that's not my taste, right? I don't really like leaving a movie depressed. But I get why some people might want that or like that in their movies because in real life things don't always work out you know i th- i think i think the wrestler is his most grounded film looking at his filmography yeah because then you got I mother think it, i think it's actually i haven't seen yeah. the whale it looks the whale looks like it could be a grounded piece i haven't seen it either but yeah. i don't i don't know um and i don't I mean he did noah Black Swan. And, I mean, right. and I, the wrestler the, is by far, I okay. think, his most real realism centered. Oh, for sure. Film. Because there's nothing supernatural at all in the wrestler. It, it, and plus, I'm a re- I'm w- literally wearing a pro wrestling T-shirt right now. I'm a wrestling guy. Like Take the wrestling off. corner is for real. Um, and <laughs> so the going to that's why I saw the wrestler, because I'm a wrestling fan. And having a movie about a character that's a wrestler that's washed up in this story, I can point to other wrestlers that have lived that story. Now, like Jake the Snake Roberts, Scott Hall, they've lived that story. There's a parallel to that. Now, fortunately, both of those guys kind of got out of their tailspin, which the character on the wrestler doesn't. But the whole point is, is that's a that's a good movie that tells a grounded story the dialogue is realistic the acting is pitch perfect and it all comes together and again i'm not gonna ever sit through the wrestler again unless you make us watch it but (laughs) the only reason for that isn't because it's bad it's because i that's not my kind of movie i i don't like being sad at the end of a movie or at least bad sad which is what that is um Good sad is like you, you, when someone dies and you understand the love that's there and why it you know why it hurts. Like if you watch a movie and someone loses Tony Stark, it, sure Tony, to Tony, go back to Marvel, Tony Stark, yeah, it, and and everyone's standing around remembering him and you remember the good things. But in fucking Darren Aronofsky's world, you die alone. And that's just not true for a lot of people. Some people it is, and some people want to see that kind of movie. I don't. Again, my, my whole point is is to say that Darren Aronofsky could make a good movie. He could make a really tragic, heart-rending, dark fucking movie about l- love, cancer, and death that will make you want to go home and rip your eyeballs out and win Oscars and shit. He's capable. But the problem is he wants to make movies like this and Mother where it's just bullshit thrown at the screen, right? And it's so allegorical that no one is allowed into the front door of the movie. We're all kept at an arm's distance from whatever the hell this guy is trying to tell us. And he likes it that way. I, I, yeah, you're, I mean, you're absolutely correct. I don't, like I, I, I've seen Black Swan. I've, I've actually, I've seen most of this guy's filmography, and I, I, there is nothing in it. Like, I look at Noah. I remember I saw. I went in movie theater and saw Noah. Yeah, um, that's a, a weird one. Budget. I haven't seen it because it's. Right. It, it is a big budget film that feels yeah, it's, like it's going to be. Of course, you know it's got the gladiator in it, Russell Crowe, but it feels like it's going to be in that vein. So, did he get weird with it? I honest, 
Honestly, I don't remember. <laughs> but <laughs> I I don't I don't remember if he got fucking weird like he got in this movie. But um, I just like I look at his film and I'm just like, bro, what what are you what are you trying to do? What are you trying like with Christopher? You you can point right. to tons of different directors and say, hey, they make this kind of movie, and every time they make this kind of movie, it's good. Scorsese. Pretty much, you know, anytime he makes a gangster movie, good. Um, he makes a movie about, uh, you know, fraudulent gangsters, Wolf Wall Street, uh, good. But Ambulance drivers, bad. <laughs> right. But, like, Christopher Nolan, um, another filmmaker that just kind of pours his everything into the the technical aspect of filmmaking. And most of the times, you're getting a good product. You're get you're 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 in entertained. You you get a solid film at the bare minimum. You're getting a solid film with Darren Aronofsky. I'm looking. I'm just like, bro. I was like, I liked Recruiting for a Dream. I I thought I thought the story was good. I I I enjoyed the acting. I watched this movie. I, I've seen Black Swan. Noah, mother, I'm just like, bro, what are we doing? We're like, where where are you at with your filmography? And like, what are you actually trying to be as a director? Is because I honestly don't know. And Hugh Jackman in this film is very emo. He's got a very emo haircut. But uh, he, like you said, acts his ass off. He is, I mean, he essentially is the film. Yeah, because he's um, in all of it pretty much, right? And but like, he's asked to do too much, I think, and the film is broken by Darren Aronofsky saying, "Hey, Hugh, we want to uh, kind of show you in three different stories, but you're kind of playing the same character, uh, but they're really three separate characters, so." Kind of just give us your all, and man, Hugh Jackman's character. Uh, to credit, he man, he acts as that in the, when we we get modern day stories. When he has to be sad about the tree dying, if you right. replace the tree in that scene with a human person, it works, right? Like because he's selling it hard, right? That it's in a good movie that would be a heart wrenching scene, but no, he's actually crying about a tree. So that's right. what we're supposed to get. And it goes back to the same thing. He's he's gotten in the way of his own storytelling with this artsy bullshit. And the fact that he's crying over a tree as opposed to his wife is why it doesn't relate. Piece of shit. Tree, it's, I mean, to, 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 to be fair, it's the tree of life now. Oh, oh, um. oh God. Man, it's not like that isn't the oldest fucking allegory ever. <laughs> like, literally, Genesis. <laughs> Right. So th- th- that's the thing is that I want to say that Darren Aronofsky is probably somewhat a religious man. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, <laughs> Maybe. Well, I, I mean, just but you look at you look at his his f- filmography and it's there's a, a lot of films that have to do with uh, biblical uh, topics. And, you know, Noah's one. 
uh, here the fountains one uh, mother there's there's different You're supposed to be like mother biblical. nature or some stupid shit yeah right it's oh, like God. I just I don't understand why directors like this get into this this realm of hey I can only make things that make people go what, what the, the fuck? fuck yep right and I don't understand that. I, I don't get it at all. At least with like like a director like Christopher Nolan, he's making you go, can they do that? Well, I've never Is seen Tennis. Wasn't that a what the real fuck life? movie? It was a what the fuck movie, but it was like also technically sound. So you're like, Is that fucking possible in real life? I don't know. Can they really? Can they do that? Oh, shit. That kind of makes sense. They might be able to fucking do that. But it's like here in these films, like and Black Swan. I don't know if you ever seen Black Swan. I turned it off. But I, I hate this guy's movies. Like I started it because <laughs> it had all the buzz, and I, right. I just I got like twenty minutes in. And I said, "This is not for me." Well, it's. I mean, it it is held to, and all of his films pretty much are held together by central performances. All right. Um, I wouldn't. I would. I would not say any of his films are screenplay films. Um, they're held. They're held together by performances of the 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 people acting in them. And Natalie Portman is fantastic in it. Mila uh, Kunis is uh, fantastic in the Black Swan. But just the 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 supernatural aspect of of the Black Swan movie, I'm just like, bro. I don't need all this fucking bullshit. But just tell me, tell me the Tanya Harding story, all right? Oh, have you seen? Uh, tell me, have you seen I Tanya? Yes, and that's good. That's yeah, a good movie. That's a good fucking movie. Other than all some right, of the Margot. CG where the, they superimpose her head, Margot Robbie's oh, head yeah, on the yeah, stunt yeah. skater, and it's just like looks. Awful. But listen, listen, I'll watch anything with Margot Robbie. I just saw. I saw. I want to see Barbie so bad. Yeah, it's good. I like that um, you were you went team Barbie and not team Oppenheimer. I appreciate that about you. No, no, right. I, I, I'm one. I'm not going to go sit three hours. That's the other thing. A bunch of, a bunch of dialogue. You're going to have I'm a sorry, lot Christian more Nolan. fun fucking watching Barbie. <laughs> and I did, but um, no, it just these films are are made. And you said it. You said it at the top of the podcast. These films are made for a certain audience, and we aren't it. Yeah, by and, a mile. And and I. And I can get behind, hey, not everything is for everybody. But what I don't understand is when uh, a film director goes purposely against the grain and says, I dare you to try to watch to this under- bullshit. To, to understand it. To understand it. I dare you to understand what is happening and be on board with it. Like I'm reading through the, the Rotten Tomato oh, reviews good. for this. And I'm just host the pretension I'm, there. <laughs> no, I just want to read like some of the um, the bad reviews. So Roger Ebert says, I will concede the film is not a great success. Too many screens of blinding lights. Too many transitions for their own sake. Abrupt changes of tone. Robert e- uh, Ro- Roger Ebert. All right. We got Brian Eggert. The real tragedy of The Fountain is that Aronofsky doesn't allow his audience to exist with his characters. That's and true. the emotional weight 
of the stories is squandered on an overt symbolism. Yep. Boom. Uh, that is perfectly he summed stated. it up. Right. I just um and then I read and then I read some of the 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 positive reviews. And this dude Mark Kermode uh from the BBC Radio, he goes bonkers, adventurous, silly, ambitious, charming, foolish. It's all those things. It'll be gone in a week. But it's not mainstream borrowfare. And for that it should be nah, celebrated. It should Get be put in the dumpster. Just Some, because it's somebody shit. Hey, somebody paid that motherfucker to write yeah, that. Like all right. Uh, and that's bullshit. <laughs> it's because that motherfucker stole some money from somebody. I don't know that uh that, that part of it's true. Some people I don't know. I you know I knew this wasn't for me, you know. And uh, I hate being vindicated, actually. I, I, I really don't like that I dislike this. And I, I'll point everyone back to <laughs> our uh, episode on um, Karate Kid and the one prior where we, he drafted the movie and I just was not on board. I was like, this is I can't believe we're having to watch this. And I didn't want to watch it. And then I watched it and it riveted me. Yeah. I was hoping maybe... This could do that, but it, he's, and I don't want to say he's not a good director, but when he gets uh, a blank check, free will to make the movie he wants to make, it's a piece of shit, damn near every time. And I, yeah. I personally would say he's my least favorite director. I cannot stand his work. I really hate it. Um, Harmony Corinne is uh, in that list as well, but holy shit, I just I can't. This guy's movies are Balls City, Balls City, Population U. Aronofsky. Um, <laughs> I all right. I I mean, like, I don't know what I mean. What the fuck else? Uh, all right, so I got a it. question, and it's a question yeah. you actually posed. Is this the worst movie we've watched for the pot? So if you don't know, or you haven't listened to very many episodes, collectively, Mark and I agree that The Clouds of Sils Maria is the worst film we've watched for the podcast. So let's take the remainder of That's our time correct. weighing the two films and make a decision. Is is okay. The Fountain worse than, or is it a number two? For Okay, before we even go that far. I want you to compare it to Ravenous, which you say is the second worst film we've ever watched. Oh, no. Ravenous is 10 times better than this. Fair enough. Hands down. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Hands I down. actually kind of like Ravenous. It's weird and funky, but earnest at least. Uh, so that so it is definitely, I agree, one of the bottom worst. Okay, I got the hookup too. Uh, that, that's at least watchable because it's, uh, it's just bad. Yeah. Um, real quick. Well, I got the hookup too in Ravenous. Which one's uh, better? R Ravenous. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. The fountain and the clouds of Sils Maria. Okay. Where's your head out? So, yeah. Um, so the clouds of Sils Maria uh cardinal sin was that it had nothing to say yes and and so for that uh you know it is just flat boring mm -hmm. and uh pretentious while being boring yeah 
Um, but the, it, it did have a. It had it had what's her face is Bush a story arc. Um, well, we could talk oh, about Bush and Thong. Okay. I, I mean, it wasn't a good story. It was no, it was. But a at good least story. it was linear and cohesive. You know, it was you're like you're right. She's you an actress. Every step. She's yep. gonna act in a play. Um, and she's dealing with the fact that she's not hot shit anymore, and someone else is gonna play her role, and she's getting jealous, and you know that's the story. There now again, you said it perfectly. It didn't say anything. You know, I guess at some right. point she gets okay with growing older, maybe, but it's done in such a slapdash piece of shit, pretentious way. I can't stomach it. Now the fountain is pretentious, so. Do you think yep. the pretension is a wash? Do you think they're equally pretentious? Um, yes, and but they're different. They're pretent. They're pretentious in different ways. I agree. Um, uh, like Darren Aronofsky is trying to uh, be pretentious in symbolism and allegory, while um, whoever the fuck directed Sils Maria is, is that Patrick just Luzer? trying. I don't remember. Oh, is that Patrick Luzer? Oh, it might. I'll be. Google. Keep um, talking. <laughs> but. Uh, that film is just it's trying to say it's trying to say a lot about age and knowing when you are just not that person anymore. But it's just it it's done in such a boring, ham fisted way. I'm just like, I don't give a fuck, yeah. dude. I don't I don't care. Uh and so I think I think the pretentious is a wash. Okay. It's directed by Oliver uh, Assayasas. Oh, the Assayasas. Yeah, the Assayasas okay, gotcha. guy. Oh, <laughs> I, I accidentally, well, I didn't accidentally, I went to the site and I'm seeing clips of the film and I'm getting an anxiety attack. But if I click the back <laughs> button, it takes me back to the fountain, which is not any better. <laughs> oh, fuck. So, um, give, give me a definitive answer. What is the worst film All we've right. watched for the podcast? I, I think Ooh, it's that's still a Sils long Maria. pause. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, uh, I think it's still Sils Maria um, because there are aspects of the fountain where I'm like, man, that probably could be a, a good a good film if it was by itself. Or man, there was really good acting in that. Um, I didn't think there was great acting in Sils no, Maria. No, no. Uh, Go back and listen to that episode. I put clips in that one of just the <laughs> shit you have to sit through in that movie. It's awful, <laughs> and, and I'm right. It's it. Go ahead. I just think I just think that uh, there is more bad in Sils Maria than this, but it is it it deserved a conversation. Um, it's because this movie is trash, and it is trash for all of the wrong reasons, and um, ultimately it is a uh, a. It's a it's a Mount Rushmore of bad for the podcast. Whew. And here I thought that I got the hookup too as a lock for worst movie of the year, and I was going to be shamed by doing it two years in a row. But here you come, Mark, <laughs> delivering this turd to our doorstep. Uh, I agree. Let's, I think let's... for all the reasons you said, Zilsmaria is slightly the worst film, and I mean it's by a nose. And and the thing that redeems the Fountain is the fact that Hugh Jackman's in it and. Everyone loves yeah. him, and he really, really tries to make this work. And there's also some kind of cool visuals, but the problem with the visuals is they're all washed out with this urine color. Like, everything in this movie oh, is yeah. piss yellow. 
And yep. if you go and look at the cover for the wrestler, it's piss yellow. Aronofsky loves piss yellow. Um, oh, boy, it's bad. close, though, man. Rings. I think if you catch me on a different day, I might say it's worse. But for the sake of posterity, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Silvery is still the worst. But, man, I, I, I think if I had to watch them back to back, I'd probably just give up watching movies. I'd just quit. They're, they're, I don't see how you could. I don't see how you could watch those back to back. As they are soul stealing films. Fuck that, uh, Jeff. What are we watching oh, next week? Fuck. Thank God. And I think what's what I'm kind of grateful for, Mark, is that you had to watch The Fountain, and um, that maybe it will put you in the right headspace to watch Double Impact, double your Van Dam. Get some Bolo Ying inside you. And maybe you'll just be like, you know what? I just want to put on a movie, turn my brain off. I don't want a movie that's talking down to me. You know, I want a movie that's just there to entertain me for an hour and a half. And I think if you come in with that mindset, you're going to enjoy double impact. Two Van Dams, one Bolo Ying. All right, that's all I got. (laughs) <laughs> it's a great movie I, it's one of my favorite Van Damme movies it's in the top five probably listen uh, it's directed by a man by the name of uh, Sheldon Lettich alright and uh, he also directed Lionheart which is the one you liked is a recommend on the podcast yeah uh, and uh, that's the only other film I've seen. He also has a uh, a film that's got 3.6 on the IMDb rating called Last Patrol. I don't know what that is. Um, it's a 3.6, bro. I don't care. Not that good. doesn't necessarily... It's got Dolph Lundgren in it. Yeah, that's a different kind of 3.6, right? That's the kind of one where I might put that that's on out of and 10. actually you know, review it for a five-minute <laughs> review. Um, yeah, oh, okay, let's go. I might. Send me the name uh, of the movie. I might do it. Because I just uh, the last okay. If you, you. Well, follow YouTube, uh, it should be up by now. But I I watched a, a, a perennial classic in Twelve Angry Men, uh, and I today uh, as of this recording watched the remake. So I'm gonna put that together at some point. Nice. So, but um, yeah, I I, I, I'm I I'm so wait. excited to just fucking watch Van Damme spin kick some shit. Like this is my happy place. I want a guy who spin kicks some shit. Spin kicks. Also, I mean, who can't be happy with spin kicks? There is nudity. Now, I can't remember if Van Damme's oh, butt's in here, shit. but there is a Let's sex go. scene. I remember that very clearly Let's from my youth. fucking go. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> anyways, I want to give another shout-out to uh, the music this month, uh, Flying a Boss with their, their song, Trash Boy. Hopefully, we can uh, we can redeem redeem the pod uh next week and and not be trash boys yeah. uh with our recommendations um but uh, you, you hit the show notes get all the links to the, all their stuff they're uh, they're doing big things we appreciate them allowing us to use their music here on the podcast and if you want to follow the podcast on all of their social media we're on tiktok we're on instagram we're on twitter uh you're watching us on youtube probably um make sure you hit the subscribe button by the way so you don't miss any future content but you can find us at Movie Draft House, uh, we're we're wide ranging worldwide as uh, as uh, what's that guy would uh, would say Pitbull, mm. World, well, Mr. Worldwide. Um, anyways, 
Uh, you can follow Jeff on Twitter mm. uh, and uh, tell him, hey, Jeff, um, w- you have so many podcasts. We That's love true. what you're doing. <laughs> what uh, what will you think of next? Oh, I don't know. Probably something with Van Dam. Probably something with Van Dam. But you can find him on Twitter at Podcast by Jeff. Podcast by Jeff. That's me, yes. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Mark, uh, there's a couple of places, really. If you just go to YouTube, he's all over that shit. He's pumping out five-minute reviews like they only take five minutes to make. Uh, <laughs> but you could also keep in touch with him by going over to I Heard You Liked on Twitter to get his up-to-minute hot takes. That's right. Um, Jeff, uh, what do we... Uh, oh, we already discussed what we're watching next week. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, you need words of wisdom. Yeah, this comes from Michael Atkinson on Rotten Tomatoes. It's difficult to recall another American film that, in pursuing a passionate and personal vision, goes so maddeningly, uproariously wrong. This movie, no, end quote, this movie's a piece of shit. That's me. I'm out. Take him out to the curb. You get-